0: Hey, y'all, I'm Mary Payne Gilbert, and this is my podcast, Pain in the Pod. You're in for a treat today. It's not a true crime podcast the way you normally think about it, but it's about people who are pretending. The podcast is called Pretend Radio, and it's a study in people who are pretending to be someone or something else. The host is Javier Leva, and I think his podcast is such an interesting take on the idea of pretenders. So thank you so much for joining me today, Javier.
1: Oh my God, Mary Payne! Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. This is great.
0: I know. I listen. I uh, saw your podcast on a list, you know, of one of these like things you should listen to, uh-huh. and I am nothing if not a sheep, so I just follow. Um, yeah. And uh, I've been listening to it, and I've just I started with the most recent season, which we'll get to, and mm-hmm. then I kind of worked backwards. Yeah. Um, so tell me how you got the idea for the podcast initially, and sort of give my listeners sort of the background on exactly what it is.
1: Well, like you said, it, it it's kind of true crime. I like to say it's like diet true crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not blood and guts true crime. But um, the show actually didn't start out to be true crime at all. It was really this concept of people pretending to be someone else, right? And I thought... Well, you know, an artist, um a singer, a, a stand-up comedian, a ghostwriter, all these people are like pretending to be someone else in order to perform, right? So it was very artsy fartsy <laughs> And then uh and then I uh I talked to my con artist cousin and I was like, "Whoa, wait, this is a lot more interesting <laughs> than than a bunch of artists, you know?" So that's how it became a show about con artists and deception and lies and 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 that question of like why do we fall for these things you know and how do people that like deceive other people do they really believe it like do they believe their own lies you know and so that central question is so persistent throughout every episode that I do and and it's fascinating like i'm almost like 40 something episodes in and i'm still fascinated by that by that concept of people pretending to be someone else
0: yeah and I think you could do a hundred more I mean you know because the stories they're they're endless and so you mentioned your cousin and you do tell a couple of uh, real personal stories on the podcast like I said I went back and mm-hmm. the first one that you mentioned was your cousin who I mean I mean, there's no other way to describe it. He was like a drug dealer slash scam artist, but he had this mm-hmm. great life because he was dealing in high end and doctors, not like a guy on the street, you know? Right.
1: He was like big timing. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was big timing. And so the episodes are called Birth of a Con Man. How did your family respond to you? Uh, exposing your cousin in
1: this way. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. Um, I would say that the only people in my family that listen to my podcast are my mom and my brother. Like, seriously, n- no one else in my family even knows what a podcast is. Uh, even yes. my cousin, who I interviewed, has like really no concept of what a podcast is. So he he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. And I think that's why he was a little bit more open about it because you know, it's not a radio show. It's not a TV show. It's a podcast. What's well, a podcast? You know, no one listens to podcasts, right? And right. Then, <laughs> and that's actually that the the ignorance about podcasts is, I think, how I get away with, with a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, like
1: I'm able to like wiggle my way into like situations that I don't think like big news organizations could do because it's like, ah, oh, he's just a podcast. But meanwhile, I'm like, You know, talking about all these things that are happening and getting into all sorts of trouble.
0: That's hilarious. So, I've got that a lot going on too. You know, I went to dinner recently and a friend said, I haven't had a chance to see your podcast. And I said, Well, you can't (laughs) see it. And she said, But where can I like click on it and see you talking? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Right here. I'm talking (laughs) to you. You can't click on me and see me. Right. So, I think you're right on that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Now, the next story you told was a, a terrible you um knew the guy named Bryce Williams, mm-hmm. but you yeah. knew him as Vester Flanagan yeah. so for my listeners who could remember back, there was a shooting on air a while back in the Roanoke Lynchburg area where um the, the reporter was on air, and a guy came up and shot her and the cameraman but You had previously known this guy. And when you you dove into his story to read, you know, how could he have done this? You found out you didn't know him at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was like everyone, you know, and I'm sure your listeners remember that day. I mean, it, it, it was pretty shocking. Very. And like everybody, I was shocked by what happened, right? But the name was Bryce Williams, so I didn't recognize that name. But then when I found out that it was Vester Flanagan, the reporter that I used to work with, I mean, the blood just drained from my body. I mean, I was just in so much shock because, um, you know, he wasn't the, – the guy that I used to work with was a little odd, but he wasn't a psychopath, right? Yeah. And so, in a way, I was a victim, too, of this guy living a double life, you know?
0: Yeah, you talked to your previous – I don't know, was it your producer or your coworker –
1: actually, he was my news director. Okay, He was the guy that hired both of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the two of you talked about like how you didn't know, of course, but I guess he had really bothered some people at work. um, And you didn't really have that experience other than maybe he was a bit odd.
1: I mean, he was weird, you know, like, and and that's, that's what that episode was about. It was like, you know, uh, we hear about all these mass shootings and the poor people who get affected by it like that directly get affected that's terrible but you don't hear about the um, the other people that 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 are affected the people that know the killer and are like wait a minute what could i have done to stop this you know you you, you carry around this like guilt like i should have seen some sort of signs and that's what that episode was about was like talking to my news director i mean like how did we miss this you know like we went back in time and, and tried to dissect certain things and we're like, did we just completely miss all the signs? And like, you know, so that the listener, you know, if if they interact with somebody who they think is weird, is going to shoot everybody up. I mean, is, is that what they should be looking for or something a little bit more subtle?
0: Right, exactly. Uh, it's interesting you said that because yesterday, my daughter, who's um, almost 16, she sent me a text and said... Um, that her friend that goes to another school, they had the, the parents were keeping the kids home because a kid had sent these threatening things on you know, Twitter or whatever. And uh, she said, yeah, my, my friend is staying at home, and of course the school is looking into it and all this. And I said, well, that kid will be you know, expelled, and that's not great either. And she said, oh. you know, and it's so sad to me that my daughter said, you know, if he really was a school shooter, he wouldn't announce it, so it's probably nothing to worry about. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, what a different world we live in. Yeah. That, like, you know, like the story of Vester Flanagan, again, like, could just walk up with a gun on the street and shoot somebody, or like my kid has to think has to think that, right? Like, oh, a real school shooter is not going to announce it, like, right? That it's just <laughs> that's
1: a, that's even scarier, right? Because awful because it's it's like the it's the killer that that you just don't even know about. Because if, if somebody is, you know, obviously. Um, has mental, like, disability or something like that. You know, you you could see that and, and you're more careful about that and maybe you're more sympathetic. But Vester Flanagan, he was just, I mean, the worst thing I could say about him was that he was egotistical. And, I mean... Mm. A lot of us are, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But that yeah. is that's that's a trend, you know, in a a god complex or that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: You know, I I just released an episode this morning, and obviously by the time this airs, it'll be out. But it was um about this guy who befriended the serial killer uh, author Shawcross, and um and he that this man John Fay who befriended this guy he would write him letters in prison and he would confess to to the serial killer that he too has like desires for cannibalism and fantasies about like being a serial killer but Whoa. he's never acted on it Wow! and to me that's more frightening because this guy's just walking the streets right now and he's just a normal dude and very intelligent very like you would never know right that he's inside his mind he has these like afflictions of like in thoughts and desires that are so dark and you know you, that's terrifying
0: and you talked to him
1: i i didn't um oh. i collaborated <laughs> with uh, a <laughs> no but i but he is on the show like uh, i collaborated with my friend john taylor from the twisted podcast uh-huh. and i listened to that episode and i said john can i play your episode on my feed because it's it's true to the theme of the show it's like pretending to be someone else this guy's like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that this guy has these these secret fantasies, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. That's yeah, really, that's really scary actually.
1: It's scarier than like an actual serial killer story.
0: Oh my lord. Okay, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take a quick break. This episode is
1: brought to you by HP Instant Inc.
0: Okay, so back to your personal stories. So you also told the story of growing up and feeling afraid of Santeria. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is uh, Santeria is a predominantly Spanish religion. And I guess like when I think about it, I think about it like, like voodoo or that mm-hmm. sort of the thought. Yeah. But you grew up Catholic, but mm-hmm. you knew a lot of people that practiced it and you were scared of it. And it's scary when you hear it described. And so it was pretty intense this episode because you went home to Miami and you talked in depth to people who practice uh, animal offerings, mm-hmm. it was intense. So, how how do you feel about Santeria now, and your and your very Catholic mom's recent involvement?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny. I I'm still I, I have a greater appreciation for for the religion right now than I did before I did that episode. So so that's kind of cool, right? Like I use my podcast as a way to if I have a question about something like Santoria, I had no. I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't really know about it. Yeah. I could go and explore it. And it's so funny. Um, for my listeners that are listening to this show, I uh, last time I went to Miami since I produced this episode, my my daughter and I were walking down the street, and she's like, "Daddy, there's a dog head with something in it," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh <laughs> you know, no! That's, yeah, like somebody like took a plastic bag with, and I don't think it was a dog head; it must have been like a sheep or a goat, and it had stuff in it. It was obviously. Like uh, a curse, like a voodoo curse on somebody, and that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with, and that's why I was so scared of it, you know. Because like my mom always told me, if if you see, you know, an animal sacrifice like in the street, if somebody's trying to curse you, you know, pee on it, <laughs> it'll yeah. take away the it'll take away the evil spirits, and like th- that's what I grew up thinking in my head, and and it was terrifying. But actually, exploring. religion and talking to the people that practice it i realized that there's like it's almost like star wars like the force there's like the good santeria and then there's like this evil santeria which is brujeria which is the the one that curses people that that want to like harm people and so for me it was just like an interesting way to explore this topic and this culture that i'm a part of that i just didn't know about
0: Yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool episode. And and like you said, some things that are pretenders, you don't – the first thing you think of is people that, you know, pretend to be an airline pilot or pretend to be something to like dupe a girl into liking them. Mm -hmm. But it really goes – way deeper and this the santeria thing it was it was you were talking to the lady who was like a professor and she was talking about the animal offerings and i was like oh my heavens
1: Well, (laughs) well your audience is probably wondering well what the heck does santeria have to do with pretending right and and so that that's a cool thing about my show too is that i use that pretend angle and some episodes are like really heavy on the pretend angle and some episodes i just use something to get me into it. Right. And so the pretend angle for the Santeria episode was that I realized that when these African slaves came to Cuba, they brought over their religion, but they couldn't openly practice their religion. Right. So they took these Catholic saints that they were forced to, you know, worship. And instead of like, um, like Santa Barbara was really the, the chango. I don't, I might be getting it wrong because I'm a little rusty on my santeria, but they would basically use these Catholic saints as proxies for their deities, you know? And uh-huh. so that's the pretending. They were pretending to be Catholic, you know, in order to... Pro- so I just use that as a hook and then yeah. I just get into the story. It's really a storytelling podcast at, yes. at the heart of it, right?
0: Yeah, that's my favorite kind of podcast. Um, so an episode that you did that just completely blew me away because as I was listening to it, I love it when it has a twist and something comes and you're not expecting it.
1: It blew me away.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was called The Boy and the Girl. Oh, yeah. And so you told the love story of a woman and a man who meet and fall in love, but the twist is that the woman is transgender. Mm-hmm. And, and you said... You thought the episode would be about her being a pretender. Yeah. But in fact, she was never a pretender. She was always Mm -hmm. truly herself. She was never pretending to be a boy or a man. Yeah. And so how did you come up with the idea to feature this transgender couple? Because I can see initially you would think, oh, this is the perfect pretender, right? It's somebody (laughs) really, really pretending to be someone else. But what was so interesting was that she wasn't pretending to be someone else.
1: Yeah. And, and this was like a big <laughs> kick in the, the face, I guess, for me, because, you know, I I, I do approach stories. Sometimes I, I go in with an idea and this is an obvious one where I had like preconceived ideas about this topic. Um, I do have a friend that um, his name is Alex and he's transgender. And he was telling me his story about when he was a, a little girl that he was pretending to be a little girl so that, you know, because he really felt like he was a man. And so that that was Alex's story. And so I went in there with this lady and I thought that she would have the same exact story. And then that's when I realized that everybody has different stories. <laughs> and so she was really insulted by that whole premise that that she was pretending to be, you know, a woman or anything like that. And um so this is actually like the opposite pretend story. This was like, "No, you know what? When I was a little kid, I thought I was a girl and I've never pretended i'm very authentic i know who i am and and all this stuff and she kind of set me straight so it was kind of like the opposite pretend story but it was a great story because uh, i i try not to get political on the show but the 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 topic of transgender is it's a hard topic for me to to understand right um right so that, that was another one where I wanted to explore it, but I wanted to tell it in the form of a love story. So the audience didn't know that she was transgendered. It was just a a boy and a girl and they were, they fell in love. It was a story about her and her husband how they fell in love. And I thought love is the, the, the great equalizer, right? And like, this is something that we could all relate to. And if you can understand somebody at that level, maybe the fact that she's transgender doesn't matter, but maybe if you had some bias against the transgender community, then After listening to that, maybe you relate to them a little bit more, you know, at a human level.
0: Well, I think that's true because I listened to the whole thing. Of course, I did not know what the twist was going to be. And I was thinking, wow, that was just so beautifully told the way that you literally just told it as a love story about they met and they just were very in love and sweet and they're very supportive of each other. It was was wonderful the way you did it.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So you also talked to someone close to my heart. And whenever there's anybody on a podcast that talks about Mississippi, I have to do like fist pump to my home <laughs> state. I, gotta, I always got to shout it out. So it was a really interesting story about this woman named Sharon McConnell Dickerson, who I had not heard of. And I'm a huge fan of the Mississippi blues music. And what happened with her was that she was a just a regular person she was sighted and she sort of suddenly lost her sight as an adult. And you include clips, uh, from a documentary where Morgan Freeman's talking about her Mm -hmm. because she ended up moving to Mississippi and using her talents to make these face and arm casts of, you know, Mississippi blues legends that were, you know, basically old and dying. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, Now she lives in Como, Mississippi now, which I'm familiar Mm -hmm. with. And so did you go to Mississippi?
1: So, yeah, I used to live in Memphis, Tennessee. And before pretend radio was even a thing, I was working on this documentary on Sharon because the guy that that started her documentary never finished it. And he interviewed Morgan Freeman and all these blues musicians that are dying off. I mean, and so the work that Sharon is doing is, is beautiful because she's blind. But she's preserving these blues musicians, like she's casting their face, and, and like, and she's, you know, these guys are dying off. So she, it, what she's doing is preserving history. I mean, their music is alive, but them as people, their 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 physical body is dying off. And so she has these beautiful masks. And I was going to finish the documentary for her, but then I moved, and I could never finish it. And then I I had this podcast, and I thought, well. Maybe this is where that story needs to come out. You know, maybe it's a radio story instead.
0: Right, because she ended up having a pretender story, too. She ended up telling you a story about her friend Bo, who went missing. Yeah. And his house was bought by a guy guy named Wild Bill in Panama. I mean, it's just sort of a – it kind of goes around the bend in a few different angles. But the the truth is, is that this person – that bought her friend's house because he was going to move to Mississippi to be with her. And the person that bought her house turned out was just like killing people. He was instead of yeah. bu- instead of buying their houses, quote unquote, he was just sort of killing them and taking their houses. I mean, horrible. And it just yeah. he and his wife, it's, were it's, they're grifters. They just killed people.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm I'm kind of laughing and shaking my head at the same time because it, it's awful, right? Like I never expected to hear that story. It just doesn't even sound real. Like you just described a movie that, that couldn't have possibly been a real thing, right? Like this guy that goes around stealing people's houses and then kills them and buries them in their yards. I mean, every time I do one of these episodes, I'm like, how can I top this? You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Right. Crazy. And then for some reason, like the next one is even crazier. Um, But yeah, this story, I never expected it because, you know, you described, you talked about two different episodes. One was this lovey-dovey, artsy, blues musician episode, and it's really uplifting. I try to have one of those every now and then. And (laughs) then Sharon, the same person from that episode was like, oh, by the way, did I ever tell you about this, you know, my friend Bo? And I was like, no. And then and it was like the opposite episode. It was like one of the darkest episodes, you know, in my show. And it was like the same person, but she's such, a, you know. Every now and then, you meet people who are great storytellers, and or they have that je ne sais Sequoi about them, you know. And Sharon right. McConnell or Dickerson is one of those people. I mean, I love them so much.
0: Well, that, I loved it too. I loved both of those stories, the, the, the lighthearted one and the dark one. I just, yeah. I just like you said, I just love stories. Okay, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together.
1: According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity?
0: Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, so we're back now for season three, which is where I started when I was talking to you. But like I said, I I worked my way backwards through it. You decided to focus on one person. And so the person you focused on was the head of a church based in Spindale, North Carolina, called the Word of Faith Fellowship. So it all came together because in season one of your podcast, you talked to a guy named John Cooper, who told you about being a member of this church, which to me is like the same thing as a cult, and I love a good cult. So why did you decide to base an entire season on the leader of the church? Really, the church itself, but the leader whose name is Jane Whaley.
1: Yeah, no, I, you know what? This was my redemption season because I started the podcast for your for your listeners who have never like listened to my show. My first three episodes were about this church, and. And I, I mean, it was a crazy story, but I still felt like I didn't do it justice. Like three episodes just wasn't enough, and so I decided to do a follow-up and kind of redo it in in the way it, that the story deserves to be told. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so in season one of my podcast, I did three of these episodes about the church, but I, I felt like I never really did it justice. Um, there was just so much to tell. So in season three. I, I wanted to to a do over. I wanted to do it again and tell the story the right way. And so I, I think I started out with five episodes and little did I know, as I was releasing the episode, um, I was actually starting to get feedback about the show. Like people would write me and like um, tell me their personal stories about their church. And um, in the process I, I got invited to the church. That was never part of the plan. I was just going to tell the story. So I got invited to this cult and had a private, almost two hour conversation with this cult leader. And that was never part of the plan. And even after that, the story just kept getting crazier and crazier. People were sending me undercover, like audio of the cult leader talking smack. And I mean, the the story just kind of, I, I didn't plan it out. It just kind of paved its own path. And it it was incredible. I had to stop it. I had to stop it at 11 episodes because it really could go on. It it has so many layers.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you touched on the type of prayer they do where they sort of manhandle people to the ground and then scream in their face. And that's even if you are a little baby who might be crying in church, they will hold that baby down and scream in their face. It's a very interesting... um, Uh, way of, I guess, getting demons out. I'm not really sure what the point of that is, but, you know, I think you could have done, you know, three episodes on that. Like, why, where did that come from that they think that that's the way, you know? And I... (laughs) I loved when you went into the church and you had like okay I'm going in and I could just imagine you with like your iPhone and recording in your pocket but you were flat out and you told them like I'm recording it and they asked you not to and then you stopped and then when you came out a couple hours later your buddy who's a podcaster was sitting in the car and you're like okay let me get it all out before I forget you know yeah. Cause you know,
1: I have terrible memory. <laughs> so, you know, when they asked me to stop recording, I stopped recording. So I had to go on my memory and I was writing down certain notes during the service, but when we had that sit down interview, I wanted my attention to just be on her, you know, cause this was like an opportunity that no other like journalist had, right. To have an on the record conversation with this cult leader. So I had to like, keep all that in my brain. And, and then like, as soon as I got out of there, I just dumped it out on my friend. And so we just met at a coffee shop and, and talked about it just so I wouldn't forget. I, so I could capture what just happened.
0: Yeah. And there were two people that you talked to after that and you didn't tell them one thing and they literally described exactly what had happened when you went in that church and how the service was and everything, because they knew that it was all a show. It was all pretend. Yeah. And then that that's not normally how it was. It's like that because there was a visitor.
1: Yeah. And see, um, you know, what's interesting about this that I didn't really get into in this, uh, in the show much, but, um, you know how we were talking about like podcasters are kind of like not taken seriously. So you could kind of get a little bit more access than than normal. Yes. And, uh, a&E, the network, was trying to do a docu-series on the Word of Faith Fellowship, and they shot the whole thing. It was like, I forget how many episodes. I think it's like six episodes, and they shot the whole thing. And the night before the premiere, they pulled the episode from, from the schedule, and it never aired. And meanwhile, <laughs> my little show <laughs> has like, I, I've done 11 episodes, and really exposing what these church and what this church is accused of and other news organizations have done so too like the ap yeah they've done an amazing job they were actually the ones that like laid the groundwork but i feel like in a podcast i'm able to get the the stories that came out of those ap articles and really flesh them out so that you could hear from these people themselves about their personal experience um and it's very abusive you know
0: yeah, I mean, not only is there the aspect of it, it's 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 like a cult because there's one leader and you know it's it's somewhat based in Christian I mean it is based in Christianity but you know she's the one that is hearing the Bible and able to tell people what it's like. So yeah, you've got She the, speaks with God. She speaks with God and then she tells everybody what God said and that's you know very typical of a cult leader. But there was a whole other aspect to it which was sort of the I mean, there was like the sort of somewhat like an arranged marriage situation. And then there was the whole aspect of the people that they're bringing over from Brazil and then taking their passports and basically having them do slave labor and not paying them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's all these accusations that they're, they have a church in Brazil and they just bring all these Brazilians and, and uh, they allegedly take their passports and, make them work for free and marry them to Americans so that they could stay in this country. That's how they, um, are able to stay. And, you know, all these wild accusations and nobody, I don't, I don't feel like anybody's seriously looking into these things. Like I've contacted the U S attorney who says that they're looking at it. And I mean, there has been no traction. And so it's like, if all these people are saying this and, The government is not doing anything to address it. I mean, it's kind of a hopeless situation. Right. So that's that's why the media is important is to be like, hey, you know what? Time out. Um, There might be something going on here. You know?
0: Yeah. And it was interesting that when you and your uh buddy were at the coffee shop and you asked the waitress, like, hey, have you ever heard of this church, the word of faith, which you would think would be huge in yeah. the town? And she had not heard of it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, she was in Charlotte and this church is maybe, uh, I don't know, an hour away from Charlotte. Yeah. But she had never heard of it. And a lot of people haven't heard of it. But it is crazy. It's like a little mini Scientology
0: yes yes it's funny now because like scientology is now the uh the the barometer of what we base all our our cults on yeah Uh, aren't they lucky that they have that yeah um okay so we're getting to the end here and i just want to talk to you about podcast in general and what you listen to when you have a chance to listen i know you're very busy but if you have a chance to listen to podcasts, what do you like
1: yeah. You know, like there's a, there's this thing I didn't realize when you start a podcast, you actually listen to very few podcasts because you you just spend all your time like working on one. So yeah. but when I, yeah, but I mean, what got me into podcasting, obviously uh, my, my show is very storytelling. So this American life, criminal radio lab. And, and like this show called Heavyweight, I love those. Those are like my storytelling go-to podcasts. But since, I mean, now I'm part of the indie podcast community, right? And, th- and there's great shows like the Twisted Podcast that I was mentioning earlier with John Taylor. He's a, a former Secret Service uh, agent. He's um, currently, uh, you know, um, like an investigator, a private investigator. Yeah. And so these are like real pros in the field telling stories. So like that show is amazing. I've made great friends with like the moms and murder podcast, even though that's not my cup of tea. um, The friendships that I have made in this community have lasted now years. And I'm a big supporter of their show and they're a big supporter of mine. And there's one podcast it's a storytelling podcast and it is an indie podcast. It's called four keeps. And I'm going to tell you what it's about. And you're probably going to be like, "Mm, not, not my cup of tea either, but it's amazing. It's a great show. It's okay. about people who collect things. And so I'm like, well, that's not I'm not really interested in that. But but the host does such a great job of telling these stories of these people that collect things. Like there's a guy that collects uh many I can never say this right, Millie Vanilli like collectors items. Millie Vanilli, and, the band from yeah, the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So he collects like, I don't know, memorabilia from them. And the host was able to connect them to to the one of the singers and it was such a great episode and it's such good storytelling and that's not even something that i'm interested in but storytelling is universal right
0: i think so it doesn't matter what kind of story it is that's interesting for keeps. i'm like literally sitting here with my mouth open thinking that there's anybody in the world that would collect millie because (laughs) i would think that person probably has it all because what would there be to collect you know
1: and I can never say that band's name right. The, the, I always it's, mess it up. I say it like five different ways like every time.
0: It's a, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> Four keeps. Now, I think I would like that. I, I think that's just weird enough that it'd keep my attention, you know, for keeps. Yeah,
1: and I think it's it's important for us to – there's great storytellers out there, and not all of them work at NPR. <laughs> you know, so it's like – Yes. It's important to, se- to to celebrate this community because there's so many good podcasts out there that you know why not listen to it
0: well I'm going to um, look at all these I'm gonna read them back to you so you said this American life mm-hmm. and criminal heavyweight twi- yeah. twisted four keeps and moms and murder and what was yeah. the one you said lab
1: Oh radio lab
0: radio lab okay that I've heard it, of yeah
1: yeah and if, if there's another indie podcast that I would compare pretend radio like we have like a little con artist club going on yeah <laughs> it's a uh, swindled which is uh, he does a great job white collar crimes excellent and then the mugshot podcast which is really all about crime and Lindsay, the host does a great job so if you like pretend radio you'll love mugshot and swindled
0: okay this is great now i've got new things to listen to since i'm maybe for how for how long i don't know snowed <laughs> in by the time this comes out it'll probably be like 90 degrees it's global warming
1: (laughs) well i'm really impressed that you were able to like listen to the entire pretend catalog because it's gotten big enough now that when people used to tell me that they would binge it in a day i'm like ah that was so upsetting but now it's like big like it's you know extensive enough that You know, that people that binge it, I'm really impressed.
0: I did not binge it in a day. It did take me a good amount because I had listened to the current season. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I I went backwards when I knew I was going to talk to you.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So tell me what's in store for season four.
1: Oh, great, great, great. Um, Well, you're a Mississippi girl, so I think you're really going to like season four. Because I just got back from Mississippi, actually, a couple weeks ago. Oh. Because uh, I'm doing a whole series on fugitives, right? Okay. And there's two of them that live in Mississippi, have nothing to do with one another, and they're like, live five minutes away from each other. It was crazy. I I went from one um, fugitive's house and then drove five minutes to another fugitive's house.
0: In <laughs> and what, both what town? Stories. What in town? In Gulfport. In Gulfport. Gulfport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the first half of the season four is going to be three different fugitives with very, very different stories. Um, and then, then you know, then I'm going to go back and just kind of do. There's there's some other episodes that are very typical to my show. And then the last half of the show is all about these magicians who have fooled the government in these like government funded studies that for like the government thought that. In the 70s and 80s, that, that certain psychics had uh, psycho, like, you know, telepathy power and uh-huh. all this stuff. And it was really just magicians that were like p- pulling a fast one on them. Oh. And this experiment lasted for years. And it was, it's the perfect pretend story because, you know, they, they really convinced these scientists that they had secret, you know, supernatural powers. And it's just amazing. I think you guys are going to love it.
0: Oh my gosh. I do love that. I do. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So tell my listeners now that they've heard all about pretend radio, tell them where they can find out more about pretend radio and you yourself and the podcast.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're on Facebook, just search for pretend radio, I'll pop up. And usually I'm, I'm very active on Twitter and I like to talk to my listeners. So my handle is at pretend underscore radio. And I'm also on Instagram with the same handle, and, and you can just find my show on pretendradio.org.
0: And so you don't have like a personal one; you do it all through Pretend Radio.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. try to keep the personal one personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dog pictures and kid pictures. Oh yeah,
0: that's like. what I always yeah. say. You can follow me on Instagram if you just want to see pictures of you know my children. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. This has been great, and oh, thank you. I uh, I know that my listeners will. Uh, again, have a new podcast to listen to. That's the complaint I get about my podcast is now I have so many new ones to listen to. I'm out of storage. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Javier. I appreciate it so much.